Fellows, good afternoon. Right now it is 106. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Folks, a great meal is waiting for you. Is the mayor back on the scene? At the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. I want to replay. This was uh, last night, the press briefing with the police when yours truly asked if, if I was holed up in the house I would have said I'm demanding food from the Lodge Pub and Eatery 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln so this is the North Providence Police currently here have been working since 7am this morning uh, we're, we're hungry, we're tired uh, but we're all professionals and we know that this comes as part of the job and they have definitely uh, distinguished themselves as being true professionals today. And uh, I'm very grateful uh, to be here as their leader. And I will definitely be expressing that once this incident um, concludes. Chief, the neighbors, there's a chance they could return to their homes tonight. Yes, uh, that is our goal. Uh, once this All right, I want to come back to the beginning. Yes, uh, that is our goal. Uh, once this uh, hopefully concludes in a peaceful uh, resident, probably looking... All right, that was the chief, folks. Let me go back to the very beginning. Peaceful manner. Uh, we will lift the... These folks currently here have been working since 7 a.m. this morning. Yep. Uh, that was a tough one in North Providence yesterday, folks. Just like to also Let me go back to... This Here we go, folks. Again, our hope would be for him to get some um, uh, mental health um, clinicians to evaluate him. Um, and if they need to admit him, uh, that would be our goal. And we will worry about any charges uh, after the fact. As far as the female is concerned, uh, we are not uh, currently uh, going to be uh, pursuing any charges against her. Uh, so that's where we stand right now. Um, we made a call to a local establishment in town uh, for his request for some food. And he's promised us once he's uh, eaten, um, they would both come out peacefully. What, what food did they request? Um, three hot wieners and a pizza. And, and for her as well? Uh, I'm not sure how they're going to split that up, but that's the request that they, they had. Any more info on why exactly he did this? What because he's an idiot. Uh, he has had no demands. His biggest concern is he's... he's I demand they should have cut the power at 8 o'clock. Uh, ...by um, the police once he comes out. Again, that is not going to happen. That's a total zero. Uh, uh, get some help that he needs, and we'll worry about... Yeah, they can help him at the ACI. Uh, ...after the fact and after he gets some help. Now, who alerted you? A neighbor. We already went through this. Uh, Shot the gun outside. We had a, a 911 call that there was uh, 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 one single. Does the media ever listen? Uh, from that residence, uh, outside of that residence. His cousin's still on the scene. He is. He's been uh, very uh, detrimental to this uh, whole incident. Uh, he's been instrumental. The police has been great. I like that. Uh, Major Patalano, Colonel Winquest, whatever resources yep. uh, we needed, uh, they offered. Major Patalano was on scene. Uh, their uh, lieutenant, who is the uh, suspect's cousin, and he's been the one who's had contact with him. Uh, he's the only one that he, the suspect, wants to talk to, so he's been a great resource for us. Do you feel better than you did an hour ago? Yes, he's, he's in a much uh, better state of mind uh, verbally. He's speaking much better. He's more uh, coherent. Uh, so, yes, I do. Um, and, again, showing that he's hungry. Um, I'm hoping that this will come to an end uh, once we get the food. And Three wieners all the way? I do not know. Well, you do know. Uh, we're going to hold off on that as well. No comment on... Three, Stephanie Drive. You feel better than you did an hour. Chief, is it true that he wanted to hold the onions? I'm not commenting on that. You feel better than you did an hour ago. 
Yes, he's, he's in a much uh, better state of mind uh, verbally. He's speaking much better. He's more uh, coherent. Uh, so, yes, I do. Um, and, again, showing that he's hungry. Um, I'm hoping that this will come to an end uh, once we get the food. And Are you winners all the way? I do not know. Listen, I think that was important. Obviously, the chief did not. All right, I want to hear some folks. Again, good afternoon. It's one twelve. It was uh, quite a quite a night. I want to say good afternoon. It's right now. It's one twelve. You're listening to the John DePietro show. Now, I do want to check out just and check some other news that's out there. Trump, I've decided, looks to fall launch returning to D.C. Secret donor dinners. Ready for Ron means ready for war. Yunkin wants to end MAGA era without taking on the Don. How about wholesale prices are up 11.3%. Long food lines returned. Bank stress. Brady's game plan. Why he won't set retirement date. Making movies. 375 million Fox deal. Says media mischaracterized relationship with Trump. Tom Brady wants nothing to do with former President Trump. That's for sure. Um, but that's interesting. Uh, let's see. Update. January 6th witness the Don tried to call revealed. What does plead fifth mean? Will the president do it? Hearing raises questions of presidential power. Um, who is it that... Trump tried to call a member of the White House support staff talking with January 6th committee. Former President Trump tried to call a member of the White House support staff who was talking to the House Select Committee investigating January 6th. The staffer was not someone who routinely communicated with the former president was concerned about the contact. The call was made after Casey Cassidy Hutchinson testified publicly to the committee. The White House staffer was positioned to corroborate both what Hudson said under oath. CNN was told the position of the witness Trump tried to call, but not the person's name. Hmm. Details about the witness that the president tried to contact have not been previously reported. The initial revelation about the phone call was made a dramatic moment at the end of the week's hearing by committee vice chair Liz Cheney. Cheney revealed President Trump tried to call an unnamed witness in the committee's investigation. Witness declined to answer or respond. Hmm. Now, that doesn't mean anything, though. I mean, again, I know right now that someone's saying, you shouldn't even be saying that. <laughs> don't, don't we want to deal in reality again? Um, riot provocateur describes life as victim of conspiracy. Is that that guy Roy Ebbs? It's just been hell. Life as the victim of January 6th conspiracy theory. Uh, Axios has this, right? Up a winding country. Ray Ebbs suffered enormously. Past 10 months, right-wing media figures have baselessly described him as a covert government agent helped instigate the attack. Strangers have assailed him as a coward traitor. Cautioned him sleep with one eye open. He's forced to sell his business and home in Arizona. Fearing for his safety and uncertain of his future, he and the wife moved to a mobile home in the foothills of the Rockies. And for what? Lies with a look of pain. So all this, it's just been hell. Almost from the moment that a violent mob stormed, stormed the Capitol. They've sift, uh, the allies have sought to shift the blame for the new attack away from people who are in the pro-Trump crowd. First, they pointed at Antifa. I remember this. Leftist activists who have a history of clashing with supporters. Then they tried to fault the FBI, say that they planned the attack. Ebbs was not... Just a bystander, he traveled to Washington to back President Trump, was taped urging people to go in the Capitol, was there himself on the day of the assault. Through a series of events that twisted his role, he became the face of the conspiracy theory about the FBI. Well, Tucker Carlson was going after this guy. Obscure right-wing media outlets like Revolver News used edited videos, unfounded leaps of logic, say he was a secret federal asset, charge of breach team. The stories about Epps were quickly seized on by Fox News host Tucker Carlson, who gave them a wider audience. They were echoed by Republican members of Congress, like Senator Ted Cruz. 
Eventually, President Trump joined the fray, mentioning Epps in one of his political rallies, leading fuel to a viral Twitter hashtag, who is Ray Epps, after months of watching from the shadows. Um, the public, he once respected Trump, tarred his name, destroyed his reputation. When he answered the question for himself in a day-long interview, sitting in his air-conditioned recreational vehicle with his wife, described himself as a father, former Marine, staunch but disillusioned conservative leaders betrayed him, granted the interview that they would not give the location. I'm at the center of this thing. It's the biggest farce ever. Um, they've been searching for law to help them file a defamation lawsuit against several of the people who have spread the false accounts. Hmm. Truth needs to come out. I, I, I am going to wait to see on this one. Epps said he acted stupidly at times when he and one of his sons took a last-minute trip to Washington for the speech about election fraud. But he managed to avoid arrest because he reached out to the FBI when, within minutes of discovering agents wanted to speak to him. Demonstrated with interviews, he spent much of his time seeking to calm down rioters. He questioned results of the election, blah, blah, blah. Said he regrets most of his stay in Washington, joined his son to friend for a pro-Trump rally, Black Lives Matter Plaza. He was videotaped by a right-wing provocateur encouraging people to go inside. Um, the clip's been used to depict uh, Ray Epps as the man not only urged people to riot, but then evaded prosecution. The Justice Department has not publicly addressed the decision not to charge him, but the legal definition of incitement requires the words to cause immediate threat of danger. So that's the first interview I've seen with that guy, though. Um, boy, this is interesting. Seeing Pennsylvania as a battlefield, never Trump is united against Doug Mastrano. That's the guy that's running for governor of Pennsylvania. He's a big Trump supporter. Um, a political committee connection. Oh, to the never Trump movement. I can't stand that crowd. I just can't. Let me just check this part about, um, boy, that's a, it must be a long, yeah, Variety has this big story about Tom Brady. Huge deal with Fox. Um, in a move that no one's talking, he will be returning to play for his beloved New England Patriots. Before you call, it's only, oh, it's only for a movie, an 80 for Brady. He's playing the 2017 version of himself at the Super Bowl. What? That's going to be a movie? I don't know what to make of this. He's wearing uh, not to be outdone. He recruited his own posse to join him on the screen. In the film, he lights up the field with Gronk, Danny Amendola, Julian Edelman, who all clock camos as themselves. Um, he's dressed in his new leisure line called Brady. So he, um, I'm, I'm telling, listen, the guy just, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. He wants to be a billionaire. What is this the media he uh, clears up? They mischaracterize our relationship. Tom Brady and Trump have not spoken in a lot of years. The two friendship became part of blah, blah, blah. That was 17, 18 years ago. I was so young. I got to go to a private golf course. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. No, I haven't talked to him in a lot of years. I think the press mischaracterized a lot. Um, boom, boom, boom. After the MAGA hat popped up in Brady's locker, he said that Trump had personally sent to him and he always gives me a call at different types of motiv motivational speeches. He sent me a hat and he gave it a couple weeks ago so it found its way into my locker. It's pretty amazing what he's been able to accomplish. Appeals to a lot of people. Hell of a lot of fun to play golf with. Then when he did an interview with Howard Stern, he said Trump often came to Patriot Games, stand on the sideline chair. Always has a way of connecting with people. Brady told Variety he is not still in touch with President Trump. Okay, so, well, again, that's Tom Brady. All right, I want to get to folks... Um, some other news of the day. It's 121. Could play some uh, recaps here 
of uh, there's some wild weather to watch out for this afternoon, by the way. I'm seeing some threats of that. Um, let me just see some other news that is out there. Um, boom, boom, boom. Let's see. Obviously, locally, the North Providence story, as you one would imagine, has dominated the headlines, as it, of course, as it would. Um, let's see. You know, I've heard about this. Uber's facing big backlash. Someone sent me this one. me to do a story on it over some of their drivers. And then there's the story about the Trump witness. Boy, the media is doing their part to... All right, let's do... Um, can we play the story about inflation? All right, here we go, folks. Nearly 41 years. In some areas of the country, the inflation rate is above 10%. Whit Johnson is tracking the impact of all of it. Good morning to you, Whit. Amy, good morning to you. These grim inflation numbers may come as no surprise to many Americans who feel the sting of these prices every time they shop or pay the rent. But after this worse-than-expected report is raising real questions about where the economy is headed next. This morning, growing fears of a possible recession as inflation hits a near 41-year high. Prices in June soaring 9.1% compared to a year ago, higher than economists expected. Big increases impacting just about everything from food to rent to energy. We were using the majority of our paychecks just to afford gas. The average household spending $493 more per month for the same goods they bought a year ago. According to Moody's Analytics, grocery prices rising at their fastest pace since 1979, up more than 12%. No matter where I shop, prices are just so much higher than ever before. In June, a dozen eggs cost $2.71, up from $1.64 a year ago. A gallon of milk, $4.15 last month, up from $3.56. I'm looking at prices more, and I'm not buying things that's not needed, like junk food. More families needing assistance, too, struggling to put food on the table. Our Victor Okendo is in South Florida. This is a food distribution site in Miami Gardens, a vital lifeline for families, and the demand is skyrocketing. Take a look at the line. It stretches for about a mile. Bank of America now forecasting the U.S. will fall into a mild recession this year. Despite growing wages for workers, economists say they're losing ground to inflation. Real wages, when you adjust for inflation, are down 3.6%. That means for most workers, for the average worker, they're not even treading water. Wages are not keeping pace with price increases. But there are some hopeful signs. Gas prices starting to come down, and prices are cooling on popular electronics. The cost of smartphones fell 20% in June from a year ago. TVs down 12.7%. One reason for the drop in smartphone prices is the increased quality and growing popularity of refurbished products that are coming on the market. Now on inflation, some economists are predicting that the Federal Reserve will get even more aggressive as it tries to offset these rising prices with a supersized rate hike, possibly as high as a full percentage point. Wow. You know, this, and it's not going to get any better. It's just, it's not going to get any better. You know why? Because they don't have a plan. They do not have a plan. Let me hear this. Um, President Biden in uh, Israel. Office, Iran and their nuclear program at the top of the president's agenda, as well as those inflation numbers here at home. Our senior White House correspondent, Mary Bruce, is in Jerusalem with the latest on that. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Amy. At any moment now, the president is going to be coming out here and answering questions. You know, after yesterday's warm welcome day, the leaders are really getting down to business. And top of the agenda here, Iran, and the best way to slow down its nuclear program. Biden now saying he would use force, if necessary, to prevent Iran from obtaining a nuclear weapon, but only as a last resort. Of course, domestic issues are also weighing heavily here. The president responding to those alarming inflation numbers, calling it uh, unacceptably high. But he's also downplaying the report, saying it doesn't account for 
for declining gas prices. But we know, of course, gas prices are still very high. And that is also top of mind here as well as the president gets ready to travel to Saudi Arabia for that controversial visit. He is hoping to reset relations with the kingdom and also hoping to increase the flow of oil back to the U.S. It is, though, a reversal for President Biden, who vowed as a candidate to make Saudi Arabia a global pariah for its killing of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi. George. Mary Bruce, thanks. Well, he's willing to fold on it because of the price of gas. All right, I want to get to, um, we'll play some of the um, the sound from, from uh, the standoff and so forth in North Providence. Again, folks, good afternoon. If you want to see some of the the footage, um, it's it's. I have it all up on the website at depetro.com. We're uh, there, obviously. And uh, let's hear. Amanda Pitts was there. Let's hear who. Put, I don't know who put together this package. The hour standoff coming to a peaceful <clears throat> end this morning. North Providence police tell us that a 56-year-old by the name of Gino Rotundo, uh, it's Gino Rotundo that is, surrendered at about 8 o'clock this morning. Police first arrived to Stephanie Drive in North Providence at 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon. And that is where we find 12 News reporter Brittany Schaefer. She is live with the latest developments. Brittany. Well, Danielle, Gino Rotundo barricaded himself inside this home behind me. And right now, we are getting the closest look since this 17-hour standoff began. A much quieter scene now with a few cruisers still out front. Police tell us their next step is getting a search warrant for the home. A standoff spanning an afternoon, an entire night and morning ends without conflict after hours of negotiations. Wish and our hope and wish came true. No one's hurt. Officers were called to Stephanie Drive after neighbors allegedly heard a gunshot and saw Gino Rotundo with an AR 15 style rifle. Police immediately evacuated the area and warned residents to shelter in place for safety. North Providence Police Chief Alfredo Ruggiero says the incident started after someone allegedly assaulted Rotundo's wife. The suspect came back to 3 Stephanie Drive where Mr. Rotundo uh, took a uh, single shot at him, which he did not strike him. Police say the 56-year-old then barricaded himself inside with his 54-year-old wife allegedly staying to support him after surrendering this morning. Rotundo was transported to the hospital. His wife is at police headquarters being treated as a victim. Neighbor Georgette Halleck tells me she was terrified as she watched the chaos through her window. Please and everybody, I was scared. They told us everybody staying home, whatever, nobody go. They yell at us, please, for your safety. Stay inside and lock the door. I was scared. I've been in this area 18, 17 years. Nothing happened in this and they also looked at court records that reveal Rotundo has a lengthy criminal oh. history with a I slew of charges done. ranging from felony assault to possession of drugs to larceny. His most recent arrest just last month. Now coming up on 12 News starting at 4, hear what neighbors tell me about Rotundo and how he was around this neighborhood. For now live in North Providence, I'm Brittany Schaefer, 12 News. Very nice report. Very nice report. Also, the guy that torched the cruiser, he's now going to prison. Nicholas Scalione took part in torching the Providence cruiser during the riots. Three years in prison. Good. Should have been more. I think Channel 12 has a story on that. Let me hear this. Yes. Oh. Oh, he's outside of court. Mr. Scaglione, how are you feeling this morning? Tim White. Right. What are you going to tell the judge today? Uh, whatever I have to. What a zero. What do I have to? Have fun in federal prison, zero. What are you going to tell him? What do I have to? Wait, that sounds remorseful. What an idiot. Folks, at 1.30, good afternoon. Let me hear the Channel 10 report. Man surrenders to police. Barricading himself in. Yes, he did. To zero. What a jerk. Here we go. And... Okay. 
breaking news, a standoff at a North Providence yep. home that lasted close to 18 hours uh, has finally ended peacefully. Uh, State police were able to get an armed man and his wife safely out of the house just before bad. 9 this morning. NBC10's Katie Benoit joins us live from Stephanie Drive with what police say led up to all of this. Katie, what can you tell us? Tammy, police have been going in and out of this house all morning since the standoff ended. Looking for firearms, police tell us that this all started after the suspect tried to confront a person who allegedly assaulted his wife. Police announcing a 56-year-old Gino Rotundo and 54-year-old Rachel Lombardi. It was time to give up and leave their home on Stephanie Drive. North Providence Police say Rotundo asked an acquaintance to come over Wednesday afternoon after his wife told him she was assaulted. Mr. Rotundo uh, took a uh, single shot at him, which he did not strike him, uh, did not strike any neighboring houses or any other property. The suspect then called 911. Um, the scene. That's when police arrived and Rotundo barricaded himself in the home along with his wife. Law enforcement was able to make contact with the two through Rotundo's cousin, Cranston Police Lieutenant Michael Pizzullo, while part of the neighborhood was Remember, ordered to shelter in place. Authorities eventually shut the power off to make the couple feel uncomfortable, but communication was lost around 4.30 a.m. Uh, yeah, you know, our concern was that uh, Lombardi. You know, there, was, there wasn't any uh, communication what was going we on in there. Concerned. Were they injured, so to say? Police say Rotundo is out on bail for possession of cocaine and also had a warrant no out for a suspended license. During all I of this, he was also making threats to, to police on social media. Shortly after the state police SWAT team arrived, about 16 hours into the standoff, the situation ended peacefully. They had both parties come out um, without having to make any entry, and it was very well, successful. No injuries. Rotundo was transported to Rhode Island Hospital for a mental health evaluation. Really? And the is filling out a police report for the no alleged way. assault. Um, it's unfortunate. There's been a history uh, uh, at that residence for uh, some time. Why did now, that guy have guns? The suspect could be charged with firing into a compact area. He could also be charged with other things depending on what police find inside. Live in North Providence, Katie Benoit, NBC 10 News. Well, I am told that inside the home that they're going to find a lot of weapons. That's what I have been told. Now, we're going to have to wait and see. But that's what I have learned is that they're going to find a lot of weapons inside. So, that punk. What are you going to tell the judge? What are you going to say in court? Whatever I have, though. What a zero. You know, I also want to remind people of 134 that when that happened... Uh, the locals were all saying, local leaders, these were not, Mayor, uh, what's his name, Alorza said, these are not Rhode Islanders. These were outside people that, yeah, one guy was arrested on Union Avenue in Silver Lake. Sure sounds like they're local. Yeah, they're not local people. These were outsiders that came in. No, they weren't. They were totally all locals that came in. Um, all right, I want to play another. Uh, that 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 January sixth. They 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 have to be careful with this stuff. See, this is just let it stand. There's no reason to contact witnesses. Why are people connected with President Trump contacting witnesses? Don't contact anybody. There's no reason for this. Yeesh. Poor Gabby Giffords. Um, I don't care about that interview. No offense. Ah. All right, there's that story. Oh, the. Wow. Look at some of these stories. A cat was found safe roaming in airport for three weeks. What? Oh. All right, I want to play. This is the, um, I don't blame, by the way, the, the families are upset about the video that was released about the school shooting. More than an hour before confronting the gunman in the Robb Elementary School shooting. NBC's Sam Brock is there live with the latest. Hey, Sam, good morning. 
Dakota, good morning. A veteran law enforcement expert who watched that video used words like inexcusable and unacceptable to describe what he saw on the video from police. Ever since Columbine, the guidance has been very clear. You run towards gunfire and neutralize the shooter as quickly as possible. Parents here, Hoda, want to know why that did not happen. We have to warn you, these images are disturbing. A devastated community desperately searching for answers. They're the ones that are supposed to be in the front line leading the troops. True. New video released by the Austin American Statesman revealing a minute-by-minute -minute timeline that shows authorities were inside Robb Elementary within minutes of a gunman attacking children initially fleeing from the gunfire and then standing by with shields, body gear, and rifles oh. for more than 40 minutes, what? possibly awaiting orders before approaching the classroom again. As you watch the video, what stands out as the worst mistakes that were made? The first time they heard gunfire, they retreated. This goes against all training. Law enforcement waited close to another 30 minutes before Border Patrol finally took out the gunman. Ana Rodriguez calling their actions cowardice. She couldn't bear to bring herself to watch the video after losing her 10-year-old daughter, Maite, who was remembered by actor Matthew McConaughey at the White House after the shooting. These are the same green converse on her feet that turned out to be the only clear evidence that could identify her after the shooting. How about that? They failed our community. They failed our kids. Our kids and our teachers paid the price for their failure. Yep. Learning more about a Valdi CISD police officer criticized by some on social media for checking his cell phone during the standoff. According to a Texas legislator, that officer is Ruben Ruiz, the husband of slain school teacher Ava Morales. Uh. The official saying Ruiz was checking his phone because his wife had contacted him saying she had been shot and was dying. Adding, Ruiz tried to save her, but was held back and eventually had his gun taken away and was escorted from the school. Uh. As Uvalde families demand answers, now victims as young as 10 are pushing for change. No one has to go through what I've gone through at school. I felt sad because most of my friends passed away. And it's hard to believe Terrible. that the school year in Uvalde actually starts up in just a few weeks. Wow. Have they decided what they're going to do for the staff and the students who are returning? Oh, that's right. The middle of next month is the timeline we're looking at right now. And according to the school district, they just performed a comprehensive security and safety audit and are planning on implementing changes by that day using about a million dollars they received in donations from the Las Vegas Raiders. Some of those changes, Hoda, include new perimeter spacing around the schools, additional cameras, and also on top of all of that, one other thing, upgraded doors and door locks, given what happened. All right, Sam Brock for us here in New It's just Texas. impossible, Sam, folks. You. It is just impossible. Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now it's 140. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Can I hear, this is um, President Biden, his visit to Israel. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. President Biden is on his first visit to the Middle East since taking office, beginning with a stop in Israel where he is facing some tough questions. NBC's Chief White House Correspondent Peter Alexander is traveling with the president. Peter, good morning to you. Hey, Craig, good morning to you. Front and center throughout this visit, the topic of Iran. Just moments ago, President Biden and his counterpart, Israel's Prime Minister, signing what is a joint declaration to never allow Iran to acquire a nuclear weapon. The president, in an interview earlier, saying that he would use military force as a last resort to prevent that from happening. There is one other headline worth noting. Just before the president even arrived here, a Secret Service agent was sent back to the U.S. after he was allegedly involved in a physical altercation on a street. No charges filed. He's now on administrative leave. Craig? Peter, really quickly here, President Biden's got a series of high-stakes stops left, including that trip to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Do we know what, what we can expect from those? Yeah, that's right. The president first is going to visit with Palestinian leaders. That'll happen tomorrow before he heads to Saudi Arabia for that controversial visit with the Saudi crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, MBS, as he's called, who the U.S. says ordered the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. The president wants the Saudis to pump more oil. The optics of his meeting are going to be heavily scrutinized. The White House has said that the president would avoid handshakes on this trip because of COVID. That could also avoid an awkward photo op with MBS. But with 
within minutes of President Biden's arrival here, he was already seen shaking hands. Craig. Our chief White House correspondent, Peter Alexander, there in Jerusalem. Peter, thank Boy, you. He comes down with COVID, folks, meaning uh, President Biden. Good afternoon, one and all. It is 141. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Folks, as always, we have video up. We have unique content. You can always uh, shop in the shop, as I like to say. It is a full happening at dePietro.com. And so uh, visit the website. And I want to just mention um, some of our tremendous sponsors like J. Perry Paving. Have you been thinking about getting your driveway paved? J. Perry Paving, high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Folks, J. Perry Paving, call them for a free estimate on any project. It's J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730, 401-732-1730, letter J, J. Perry Paving. And remember, if you're a veteran, no one is... No one is better to veterans than J. Perry Paving. Folks, give them a call today. Free quote, 401-732-1730. Whether it's a brand new paving project or a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, J. Perry Paving has your back. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, licensed and insured. Get your driveway paved. Call them, 401-732-1730-401-732-1730. 1730 folks it's j letter j j perry paving well good afternoon right now the local time is 143 143 and you're listening to the john DePietro show on am 1380 and 99.9 fm you can um always listen online at our website DePetro.com. I want to play Tucker Carlson had something about Jill Biden last night, and it's worth repeating. I want to play some of this. There in public. On the other hand, they probably wouldn't be quite as interesting as Hunter Biden's. This is, um... And I'm balanced. Oh, hold on. Here we go. Um... Here's Tucker. We're learning a lot about the Biden family's business arrangements with China, and they are extensive. We're also learning about what the Biden family is like, and boy, are they repulsive. We learned, among other things, what Hunter Biden thinks of the family matriarch, and that would, of course, be America's doctor, Dr. Jill. Now, the Sun is reporting that in one text message, Hunter Biden once described his stepmother, that would be the first lady of the United States, as we're quoting now, a vindictive moron. He also called her the bad word, which you can't use on TV, but it's the bad one, one you can't use even at home. Use that word. But what about vindictive moron? Is that true? Well, we did a little research, and it turns out, yeah, it's true. She's a vindictive moron. Now, we know she's a moron because we read her doctoral thesis. And that proves, among other things, she can't do simple math. And if you don't believe that, here's one excerpt. And we're quoted. Three quarters of the class will be Caucasian. One quarter of the class will be African-American. One seat will hold a Latino. And the remaining seats will be filled with students of Asian descent or non-resident aliens. How many percentage points is that? Now, later on in the thesis, a doctoral thesis, why she's Dr. Jill, she miscalculates private and public sector school enrollment by more than, let's see, 200 percentage points. Now, you might be tempted to dismiss all of that. Maybe she wrote her thesis in 10 minutes in the subway, knowing that no one at the University of Delaware would dare correct it. And, of course, they didn't. And that would explain the hundreds of typos in her thesis. But you don't need to believe her thesis to know that Dr. Jill is, in fact, in the words of Hunter Biden himself, her son, a moron, because we have videos of her speaking. Here was Dr. Jill yesterday at something called the Latinx Inclusion Luncheon in San Antonio, Texas. From the I'm not patronizing you, Latinx people, but you're all tacos. 
stop tacos. That's what the first lady said. Now, the National Association of Hispanic Journalists, which presumably supports the Biden administration, decided they had to explain some things very slowly to Dr. Jill. Among others, they said this, quote, using breakfast tacos to try and demonstrate the uniqueness of Latinos demonstrates a lack of cultural knowledge. We are not tacos. <laughs> we are not tacos. Okay. So uh, Jill Biden realized, whoa, maybe we shouldn't call them tacos. So her press secretary, her publicist, put out a statement doing a little damage control. Quote, the first lady apologizes that her words conveyed anything but pure admiration and love for the Latino community. Wait a second, Jill Biden, Dr. Jill. The Latino community? What happened to the Latinx community? Was that the whole point of the luncheon to tell Latinos that actually they're Latinx? Degender your language, sexist Latinos. Well, the truth is, for a long time, connecting with the Latinx community has strained every ounce of intellect that Jill Biden has to offer, which is limited, as we noted. Here was Jill Biden a year ago speaking to union workers in California. This is one of the greatest moments ever caught on camera. So pause, turn the volume up on your set and enjoy. Anything is possible. So say it with me. See, say Broadway. <laughs> Say Padres, Padres, or something. Cesar Chavez used to say, Si, say Padres. He couldn't speak Spanish either. Don't you worry. So, Dr. Jill's a moron. Hunter Biden was absolutely right. But is she vindictive, too? That's the outstanding question. Hunter called her a vindictive moron. Moron, yes, vindictive. Jury's still out. Well, now, we know. A few days ago, Jill Biden wrote on Twitter that women, quote, have the right to make our own decisions about our bodies. Of course, not with the vax, but with abortion. So reading this, retired Lieutenant General Gary Valesky, a former Army spokesman who mentored soldiers, responded this way, quote, glad to see you finally know what a woman is. Well, guess what happened to General Valesky? He got suspended. Now he's being investigated by the U.S. Army, which has no problem with China, but they're very concerned that someone might criticize Dr. Jill. So Hunter Biden was right, and we're just going to say it out loud. Hunter Biden was right about Dr. Jill. Vindictive moron. Folks, again, that is uh, Tucker Carlson last night. Good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program, it's 148, 148 on this Thursday, July 14th. Just a reminder, I will be at Brood Awakenings, Bald Hill Road in Warwick. We're going to do Facebook Live later today between 4, 30, If you want to stop by, it'll be the final summer appearance. Uh, I don't do a lot of them. And because of the, the the way the news breaks, that's that's why. Um, I keep saying that. Who knows? I may end up doing another one. But I, I'm I'm part of the reason I'm saying that is because people are like I can't go to this one. I'll go to the next one. No, come to this one if you want to. If you're free, and they do have a, a bar there. So, folks, uh, this portion is brought by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Delicious food. I was there last Friday out on the deck having delicious clam cakes and chowder. The Lodge Pub and Eatery. Right there, 40 Breckton Hill Road in Lincoln. So um, here's another thing where Tucker really goes after Hunter Biden. And this is worth listening to about Hunter Biden. And they concluded that the coronavirus may very well have been manufactured in a lab by the Chinese military. Turns out that's not a talk radio conspiracy theory. As a factual matter, it's a very real possibility. And if it's true, if that's what happened, and again, many highly informed people believe that's exactly what happened, that would mean the Chinese government is responsible for killing millions of people around the world. Yes. It would also raise questions, obvious questions, about motive. Why would China unleash a deadly virus on the globe? To the American mind, that is an unimaginable thing to do, but the Chinese government thinks very differently from the way that we think. And here's why. America's been the dominant power in the world for more than 100 years since the end of the First World War when Europe destroyed itself. Empires destroying themselves always paves way for new empires, something we should keep in mind at the moment. So American attitudes about everything are shaped by generations of casual affluence. We're in charge and we always will be in charge. That's what all of us assume. But the Chinese government does not assume this about us or them. Until fairly recently, China was a poor country. There are still millions of living Chinese who remember seeing their neighbors starve to death during famines. As a result of that experience, China is very aggressive and very ambitious in ways that your average State Department official from Bethesda could not begin to comprehend. So would a government like that use COVID 
as a bioweapon? Well, why wouldn't it? The coronavirus reshuffled the global order. It crushed the American economy. It made China preeminent. If China takes over the world, and that appears to be coming, COVID will be one of the main reasons it was able to. So by definition, you would think we would want to know where COVID came from. That's a meaningful question. But Joe Biden doesn't want to know. He ignored the report he ordered. He ignored the findings of his own intelligence agencies. That's bizarre when you think about it. And if you think that's weird, how about this? This February, Biden canceled a counter-espionage program called the China Initiative. Now, the point of that program was stopping the rampant threat of our national security secrets by the government of China. But the White House decided to very little fanfare that somehow that program was racist and therefore it had to end. That means the Chinese government can now spy and steal with impunity. Not since Franklin Roosevelt colluded with Joseph Stalin has an American president done anything like that. But Joe Biden didn't hesitate. And they kept doing things like this. Now Biden says he plans to end tariffs against China, tariffs that Donald Trump put in place and that China has been complaining about ever since. And not only is Joe Biden ending tariffs against China, Joe Biden's Justice Department has just arrested the man responsible for those tariffs. His name is Peter Navarro. He was the most effective China hawk in the Trump administration. Last month, Peter Navarro was handcuffed at a Washington, D.C. airport and dragged to jail in leg irons. Why? Supposedly because of January 6th. But Peter Navarro had literally nothing to do with January 6th. He wasn't even there. But Joe Biden didn't stop there. Steve Bannon was the other notable voice in the Trump administration, warning about the growing power and malicious intent of the Chinese government. In November of last year, Steve Bannon was also arrested by the Biden Justice Department, also on absurd pretexts. So take a step back. What's the message here? Well, it's unmistakable. Don't criticize the Chinese government or we will throw you in jail. Now, if you happen to be watching all of this from Beijing, as Chinese leaders definitely have been, you would be applauding. Joe Biden just arrested your loudest critics. How gratifying is that? Things are going well for you. You already control Canada, whose brain-dead prime minister is effectively a Chinese lackey. Now the most powerful country in the world is doing exactly what you want it to do. You'd be thrilled by this. You'd be especially thrilled to see Joe Biden destroy America's single greatest asset, which is its domestic energy supply and make the United States entirely dependent on Chinese technology for wind and solar projects. If you're the Chinese government, this is the masterstroke. This is the checkmate. Once you control a country's energy grid, you control that country. And you would know that because you didn't go to Yale Law School. And you know something about reality as a result. And by the way, if you're watching all this from Beijing, you would find it especially amusing to have the President of the United States sell you his country's strategic petroleum reserve, even as he declared oil and gas off limits to his own population. If you could pull that off, you would know you were entirely in charge of the U.S. government. You could make Joe Biden do anything. But of course, you already knew that because you've seen it in action. When American forces left Afghanistan, Joe Biden turned over Afghanistan's entire mineral wealth, which is vast, to the Chinese government. That would include gold and coal and oil and gas, lithium, rare earth minerals, resources the United States needs to make smartphones, automobiles, power or energy grid. But Joe Biden handed all of that to the government of China. And then he kept going. Biden also dropped the Trump administration's efforts to ban Chinese surveillance programs that pose as social media apps. That means WeChat and TikTok. Then Biden approved licenses for Huawei, which is controlled by the Chinese government, to buy auto chips. That gives the Chinese government even deeper control over the automotive supply chain in this country, one of our last manufacturing sectors. And then as a humiliating flourish, a deep and groveling kowtow, Joe Biden signed a so-called climate pledge with China. China will ignore this pledge. Obviously, they already are ignoring it. But we will take the pledge seriously because that's the kind of country we are. And that pledge will further cripple our domestic energy production because that's what it was designed to do folks again you're listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 and 99.9 fm you can hear tucker just in rear form there right now it's um it's 155 and i want to repeat the situation that uh happened in north providence now has in fact been resolved able to come out uh they were able to resolve it peacefully I, the only part that I will probably follow up with 
is, and I, I'm just curious why, when the state police got involved, they cut the power. And I don't understand why they didn't maybe cut the power a little earlier than that. They ended up cutting the power right around 2.30 in the morning. And uh, I, I think, I mean, I think that that's, I know it's a, that's a fair question. That's a fair question. How come they didn't um, maybe consider cutting it a little bit earlier? I want to go back to, this was the uh, the chief, the press briefing last night. I asked the question that everyone's focusing on now. Is He said that they were hungry. They're getting him food. Then I asked, what, what, what did they order? What type of food did they order? Here we go. Uh, clinicians to evaluate him, um, and if they need to admit him, uh, that would be our goal. And we will worry about any charges uh, after the fact. As far as the female is concerned, uh, we are not uh, currently uh, going to be t- uh, pursuing any charges against her. Uh, so that's where we stand right now. Uh, we made a call to a local establishment in town uh, for his request for some food, and he's promised us once he's. Uh, eaten, um, they would both come out peacefully. What, what food did they request? Um, three hot wieners and a pizza. And, and for her as well? Uh, I'm not sure how they're going to split that up, but that's the request that they, they had. Now, folks, that clip really took off. Obviously, um, a lot of people saying that that's the ultimate Rhode Island type clip. But let me say this, uh, you know, this, there is a problem with um, that individual should not have had access to weapons, right? That individual should not have had, look at, look at, you can't have that. That guy's a total raving lunatic. Is these videos where he's going after the police and he's complaining about the police and blah, 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 but he should not have had access to those Weapons. So right now it is what time is it? One fifty-eight. Again, a couple of things to watch. By the way, I want to just address the the Cumberland story. If you want to know what happened in Cumberland, I have that locked down. You can read about it uh, on DePetro.com. Someone asked me how come we're still not covering. The Cumberland story, the tragic double murder, and the the answer is just because it's it's my understanding it's what we initially thought it was. So, and the reason why the investigation is taking a little bit longer than some people would would like or would have thought is it's all it's there at the website which is depetro.com. So at one fifty nine, again, if you're around, I will be at Brood Awakenings doing a Facebook Live talking about various cases in the news. That's later today, Bald Hill Road location, 4, um, 4.30, 6.30. Tomorrow morning, I will be at uh, the courthouse where they're having the rally. The uh, woman was involved also with the Olivia Passaretti case. Um, she's going to, Alicia Peckham, she's going to be in court We'll be live there as well. Listen, stand by. Stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news. We're back on the radio tomorrow at 11. Folks, as always, go to the website, depetro.com. Stand by for the 2 o'clock news, and we will see you tomorrow.